0: So one great thing there is, in our prayers, we have to know what the will of God is. And very, very sad amongst the body today, so many people do not know. We're still arguing and fighting about the will of God. And one group, and we have a river over there, and a tent over there, and a people over there, and we do this, and you do that, and that's definitely not God. That's not His will. So sometimes we grow up in a certain way, not even knowing that that's not God's will. And then when we pray, we pray from a place of head knowledge, but not of spiritual knowledge of the will of God. And then when we pray that prayer and it doesn't work, we now have the right to say, You see, sometimes He does, sometimes He doesn't. One never knows, and that's wrong. Because Jesus not once said, you see, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. You never know what God's going to do. No, he was certain about the will of God. And he was, this is what the Father says, whatever it was, whether the person was dead, had leprosy, was hungry, there was no food, they were in a storm. Jesus prayed, bam, end of situation. And he says, you will do the same and you will do greater works. So where are we missing it? We're going to look at that today. Obviously, don't talk to Jason about the worship, but that song, Open Your Heart, and Elizabeth's prophetic song, that's for today. I'm going to ask that we, and I wrote there, we need to humbly open our hearts today to what God has to say. And humbly say, "Ah, you know what, maybe, wow, that's me, maybe that is in my heart. And because that's there, my prayer is not working. And when the Holy Spirit shines the light of the grace of the gospel upon us, He's not doing us with a finger, but He's doing it with open arms to invite, to come in deeper, to go higher. So let us look today with humble hearts at our hearts. You know, in the world they say, if the shoe fits, put it on. Today I'm going to say, if the shoe fits, kick it off. If you hear something from the Holy Spirit today, or the Holy Spirit shows you that this is in your heart, don't wear that shoe. Kick it off. Say, oh, I wasn't made for this. This is not whatever. This anger, pride, jealousy, hate, that that's not of God. Kick it off. Take it out. Don't wear that shoe. Because so many times we wear shoes that, People say, well, I was just born that way. You know, my family, its my granddad was like that. He passed it down. That's just me. No, you're in the bloodline of Jesus. Kick that shoe off. That's not you anymore. You're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Take that away. Your lineage, doesn't matter what your forefathers did, has nothing to do with your walk today in and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. So we have no excuse, none of us, to say because my dad, my granddad, blah, 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 We can choose to say, I die to self, I become now a new creature, and now Christ in me, the hope of glory will shine because rifle or whatever your name is, is dead. But too many times we pray without knowing it from a heart of insecurity, a heart of hurt, a heart of self-preservation, protecting myself, a heart of pride, a heart of who do you think you are, and not one of those words, not one of those motives, were ever in one of Jesus' prayers. And that's one reason how he got all his prayers answered. Because the anger, the jealousy, the hate, the self-preservation, that's not the will of the Father. So if I'm called to know the will of God, Paul says, don't be foolish. Know the will of God. When I've got uh, jealousy, anger, hate, malice in my heart, I obviously either don't know the will or I just don't care enough to change my heart, to know the will and do His will. So we need to look at our hearts today and we need to humbly open and say, Holy Spirit, shine that light. Because what can be greater than Him speaking to you and showing you something in your heart that shouldn't be there? Like Jason said, He's not a God far off. He's a God that wants His love and His light to shine. And when He does that so many times because we are so hurt and we've been damaged through life, we shine that light away and we say, No, I refuse. I don't want it. And there's nothing greater for Him to show you trash in your heart and to take it out and just see the amazing change that He's brought within you as a human being. So let's look at our hearts today, humbly. Um, question: When I drive to the prisons, I drive on to, uh, I go towards off Patterson Avenue, and there's a there's a driving range, a golf course on the right hand side, and just before it, there's a there are two graveyards actually on either side of the road. And uh, just driving there, speaking to God, and what God just sometimes, sees, he's so funny. Shows me things or he asks me a question and then I know he's moving in that direction. So what would happen if I would walk through the graveyard and walk over somebody's grave? What would that person say to me? Nothing. Why? Because they're dead. They're dead. If... I would walk in that graveyard, and I would see one tombstone, just gorgeous. And the grass is cut, and it's nice, and they have the nicest writing on the tombstone. And the tombstone next to it is pretty lame. And there's this stupid little bit of writing on there. And I stand, and I look at the two two tombstones, and I say, Oh, look at this. Isn't this ridiculous? Look at this tombstone. Who would want a tombstone like this? What is that person going to say? Nothing. Why? Because they're dead. If my grand passed away, and I love my grand, but I don't have enough money to buy her a nice flower, and I go and visit, and I see on this one grave there are ten flowers, and I take one flower, and I. I'm so sorry, but this is for granny. And I take this flower and I go to my grandma's grave and I put that flower on my grandma's grave. That person's not going to say anything because they're dead. If I drive past the graveyard on the way to my girlfriend's house and I see a beautiful bunch of flowers on the one grave, my girlfriend does not know where I am coming from and I quickly run in there and take those flowers for my girlfriend. What's that person going to say? Nothing, because they are dead. And so many times, we who have died and been raised with Christ have too many opinions Too many chips on our shoulders, too many viewpoints, too much pride, too much jealousy, too much anger, and we just let fly. And we don't see that in the life of Jesus. And what happens is our opinion now becomes higher than truth. Our opinion, we value more than we value the word. And it's the truth that sets us free, not our opinion. But we hold on to opinion and viewpoints much more than we hold on to the truth. And now we are not being set free and now we can rightfully say, Oh, well, you see, it doesn't always work. No, it did. There's not one time Jesus could ever say that because it always worked for him. And he did it as a man. Um, I I believe it's Philippians 2. Um, Do you have those? Yeah, sorry, Philippians 2 where it says that, let this mind be also in you, which was in Christ. There we go. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Now, interesting enough, in 1 Corinthians 1, it says that you and I have the mind of Christ. Here it says, let that mind. It's the same word in the English, but in the Greek, two completely different words. This word in the NIV doesn't use mind. It uses mindset. But the actual word for this, let this mind, the correct translation would be attitude. Not mind. Attitude. Attitude. Let this attitude be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. The attitude that Jesus had, that's the attitude that you and I should have. So we just need to study the life of Jesus because He is the perfect will of God and we should live like He because He's in us, we are in Him. We've died to self, we're raised with Christ. It's all about Him and His new life through us. So we should take on His attitude instead of ours, no matter how damaged we have become through life and through experiences and through our walk just day by day. We need to let go of the old, the Bible says, put on the new. And it goes through many, many places in the Bible. It gives specific answers. It it gives specific things that we should give up. We shouldn't even give it up because once we die, that should be gone. And now we renew our minds, Romans 12:1 and 2, to what the Word says is right, not what you feel, not what people around you say, not what your family says, not what the. What does the Word say about that? What does Jesus have to say? And when we renew our minds to that, and we start walking that out, we will start seeing the results that Jesus had. So we need to check in our hearts, because many, many times our prayers are not answered. Because of stuff in our hearts that should not be there. And many, many times we believe we're praying in faith. But it's not faith. It's from a place of self-reservation. My prayer is a prayer of hurt. My prayer is a prayer of to get you back. My prayer is a prayer of how dare you. My prayer is a prayer of who do you think you are. My prayer is a prayer of well, let me just explain to you what you've just done to me. And Jesus never, ever prayed a prayer like that. So our prayers should never be like that. Many weeks ago, when Pastor Doug knew that he would not be here today, we put in a schedule that I would be doing today's service. So I have had a long time of preparation for today. I have so much stuff to go through and it's all good because it's all the word. But when I knew Pastor Doug would not be here and then most of the elders would be away and I realized my sister would not be here as well. So this is the perfect opportunity because I can't say too much when she's here. That's just dangerous. So my sister not being here, I have had weeks to prepare today's teaching and just get her back for everything she did to me when I was younger. So, as I went to prepare and I said, God, you are so good. You organized this whole weekend at this specific time that my sister wouldn't be here and I would be teaching. Let us reason together. And show me stuff in the Word and how I can use her life. And God just stopped me there and he said, no, let's do something different. I was like, I'm up for different. And he said, let's use your life. I was like, oh my goodness, that's, that, that's not fair. In any case, so with my sister not being here, we will look at my life today and mistakes that I made and maybe my messed up life in the past and what I did, how God could use that maybe to reveal something in your heart. Okay, so you can laugh, you can cry. It's just some of it's sad, some of it's funny, it's but it's at the end of the day it's all good. It was the year 2005. <laughs> Tiffany and I had just arrived back in Taiwan after me being given the right foot of fellowship from the Taiwanese government after the police caught me doing stuff I shouldn't be doing. And uh, God just miraculously opened the doors for us to go back to Taiwan. So there we were. Life was good. Life was very good. Just arrived back the weekend. I arrived back on a Thursday, started DJing that weekend immediately. Tiffany started teaching on Monday. God was moving. It was just amazing. And uh, Tiffany went out, and we started looking for apartments, and we found a very, very nice apartment, and the Lord just did a, a miraculous deal for us. We were renting this place, four-bedroom apartment on the third, third floor of, a, I don't know, maybe a 20-story building. It was great. And uh, Tiffany went to work one day, so I thought that I would clean the apartment while she's away. It was the beginning of summer, so it's it's getting hot, and there was no air conditioner. And for anyone who knows me, I do not like the heat. So I, me, Rifle, am laying down my life and sacrificing for my wife. And I'm cleaning this apartment. And I'm cleaning, and all the time... It's getting hotter as the day goes on. I'm sweating more. I am now in the afternoon, let's just say, down to my shorts and cleaning. And all the while I'm thinking, when my wife sees this, man, is she just going to jump on me, throw her arms around me, kiss me and say, wow, thank you so much. I so appreciate your hard work. I realize you did this just for me. So, I'm cleaning with this beautiful picture in my mind. So, when the day is over and everything is clean, I'm telling you, it was you could eat. They say you could eat off the floors. You could eat off the floors in that place. So, I went to pick Tiffany up at school, and I say, Baby, just come and look at the apartment. Let's just. And she says, Man, I haven't eaten. I'm busy. Can we just go get something to eat? I'm like, No, no, we're going now. We are going to the apartment now. (laughs) Laying down my life for my wife. I'm like, no, you can eat later. We're going. I'm going to show you my hard work. So on the scooter we go, and we go to the apartment, and, and I've got this picture in my mind. So we walk in, I open the door, and I, the glare, the, just the cleanliness, you know. So I, I let her see, and she comes in, and she looks, and literally translated from Chinese to English, she says, not hmm, Not bad. It come again? <laughs> not bad. Uh, oh, my goodness. And then the Tabasco started coming. The Tabasco sauce. And I'm getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Just later to find out after the Lord had dealt with me in this situation that in Chinese, sometimes if you say not bad, it doesn't literally mean not bad. It means, wow, not bad. But my heart was so expecting something from her. And when I didn't get that reaction, oh my goodness, I was just let down. She dishonored me. I did everything for her, sweating the whole day, expecting something from her, and I didn't get it. And now she's disrespecting me. She's not doing what I expected her to do. She's not acting right. She's wrong. And I didn't have enough scripture in me then for the Lord to bring scripture to me. But even right there and then, God in his grace just started working in my heart. And God was saying, rifle, rifle, my son. You don't do it for her. You do it for me. Because I will always give you more back than what you have done for me. But man, I can tell you, I was such a pride, pompous, puffed up human being that you would not dishonor, disrespect, say anything to me that I did not like because I would let you know. And how dare you? After all, I'm rifle. Don't even go down that path if you know what's good for you. If you want to see the sunlight come up tomorrow, you better act right. That was me. That was my heart. And the worst of all is I know how much my wife loves me. And the fact that I could have in my heart just the ability to let her know, how can you dishonor me like that? It just proves that there's something in my heart that should not be there, that has nothing to do with her. And God was just revealing in the circumstance that there's something in your heart that even without knowing it, you may be praying in a certain area and not seeing the answers of your prayer because there's a mess in your heart. And until you get rid of that mess, your soul is going to be seeing through. I'm so hurt. How could you? Why do you know who I am? I just better let you know what you did. And God just started teaching me there. And I stand today, and even just there with the worship, I was looking back, and man, there's so many times where God just so gently just started revealing things in my heart and just saying, that's pride, that's wrong. That's... Because we're going to go to a place of Scripture now where we're going to look at Jesus and how Jesus reacted. Uh, this is in John I believe it's, oh my goodness, let me find this. What did I have there, John? No, it's not that. Let me find this, sorry. Matthew, sorry, Matthew 14. Let's go to Matthew 14. This is where Jesus hears about his cousin that has just died. And we'll pick it up in Matthew 14 if I can get there. Um, Have you got that whole piece there? Okay, verse 10, sure. So this is now after the cousin of Jesus had died the most horrific death. Okay, so we'll pick it up. So he sent... This is now the king. He sent and had John beheaded in prison. And his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl. So she brought it to her mother. Then his disciples came and took away the body and buried it and went out and told Jesus. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, Bring them here to me. Even what Jason was saying this morning. If we bring what we have, no matter how little it is, to him and he gets his hands on it, oh man, it's going to multiply. Whether you got... Just a little bit of money, you bring that to him in faith, he will multiply it. Why? Because he's the multiplier. You can never outgive him, you can never give to him that he cannot give you more back because he's just bigger and greater. So, in any case, this is now where we look at the life of Jesus and Jesus doing the will of the Father. But not only in the will of the Father in healing the people. That's one area of the will of the Father. But the will of the Father in how to relate to other people in all circumstances. How we relate and what we do is just as important as the healing. Because if we don't relate correctly and do this way right, the healing from heaven cannot come. Okay? So now, Jesus is... Distraught? Is there such a word? Jesus is sad. Jesus is heartbroken. I don't know. Whatever you can put in a man's heart, if the only person who has a revelation of who Jesus is has just died, John in in his mama's belly jumped when Jesus arrived. I mean, even before he came out of the womb, he was man. This is my cousin. He's the man. And he was jumping. He had such a revelation. He stands on the banks of the river. Everyone else sees the carpenter. Oh, there's that. (sighs) Fixes doors and toilets. John says, no, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He knew who Jesus was. His cousin, his family, the only one. And by the way, another one that knew who he was. See, it's a great thing to have a revelation of who Jesus is, but when you walk in your calling and you know who you are, that's another place that we need to get to. When the Pharisees came and they said, the the priests want to know who you are, what should we tell them? Are you the Messiah? He said, no, no. He said, but I am the one that is written of who went to prepare way. That's me. He found himself in the Word. And he didn't mess about it and say, well, you know, mm, that guy in the Old Testament... (laughs) He was like, no, that's me. And when you and I can rightfully take my and your place as children of God, then things will start working because we're moving in our authority. But too many times we're scared of the law and the the world and what people are going to say instead of saying, I'm a child of God, I'm dead, that's me. The Word says, I shall lay my hands on the sick and they shall... That's me. But we're too scared sometimes. So this John is very important in Jesus' life. Now, imagine if you and I were there. Okay? Jesus here, he didn't die from Parkinson's. He didn't die from a gunshot wound. He didn't die from some drunken accident. He got his head chopped off on a platter. It's not just the death. They cut his head off. And they brought that head. That's some way to go. And that's how Jesus is cousin, the only one who knew who he was, departs from this world unto the next. So that's something to, to bear in here. And Jesus tries to get alone. Would that be fair for someone who, who hears that news to just say, oh man, I just need some time by myself. I just need to be with the Father. Uh, 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 this is just, man, this is just... And you know what the worst of all was? If John was doing the wrong thing and they beheaded him for that, it would have been okay. But you know what he was doing? Preaching the gospel, preaching righteousness, saying to the king, you can't have somebody else's wife. This is wrong. He was preaching the right thing. He was standing up for righteousness and they took his head. So now, if I were Jesus in days past... My goodness, God the Father, where are you? Look at John, he's preaching your word, he's doing what's right. Can't a little bit of protection, isn't that enough? Goodness me, couldn't he die any other way? They take his head and you, the Father, the love, blah, blah, blah. That was not in Jesus' vocabulary, because he knew the Father, and we should know him too. So Jesus wants to get away, goes to a deserted place by himself. Now this just shows a little bit of the humanity of Jesus. How does he go? By boat. He, he could have just walked on the water. He could have just been there, but he went by boat. The, the, the human side of Jesus, trying to get away, and now he's by himself. And all of a sudden, the multitudes, hey, where's that guy? Where's he? The one who who heals. The one who delivers, the one who multiplies food, the one who raises the dead, the one who touches lepers in their well, where is he? He's here, he's in our midst, let's go. Why do you think they went? And this is just opinion, so you could be right with your answer, I could be right with mine. I don't believe that they went to comfort Jesus. I don't believe that they went to say, man, we know what happened. Be with you, this is a time of really. If you ever needed somebody to be with you, we are here, we're here for you. No matter whether we believe you're the Christ or not, but if someone had to go through something like that, they need someone. And we are, I don't believe they went for that reason. They were, Hey, the healer is here, let us go. And they all arrived, the multitudes. Now, we learn and we hear about boundaries and borders and rights. And look at the boundaries and borders that Jesus had and the rights as God in the flesh that he had when he just wanted to be by himself. And these people come in that time of just losing John the Baptist with his head chopped off. And if it were me in times past, I would have said, come on, guys. Can you just leave me alone for a day? Don't you know that I just need to be by myself? Don't you understand that there's a line between right and wrong, and you're just crossing that now? Don't you understand that there's a time to mourn and a time to, and, and this is my time, of can you just stay away? Don't you understand that you're being so disrespectful right now? Don't you understand that I'm hurting Do you understand what I am going through and yet you come? No. What did Jesus do? What the Father wanted him to do, which was what? Heal. And so many times we get hurt and we have boundaries and we have borders and we have self-preservation and we let people know. And you don't know what I'm dealing with right now, so just get away. That wasn't Jesus. And what happened? Everyone he prayed for right there and then, they got healed. Because love covers a multitude of sins. They didn't come for the right reason. And he didn't say to them, Now you come. Now you want me. Oh yes, this is now the time to come. He didn't do that. Not once. He heard the Father saying, These are hurting people. They don't know who they are. They don't know who I am. And the only way they're going to see love is if you lay down your life, no matter what you are going through, and showing them me. And Jesus had one response. Yes, Father, I will do that. And so many times we get hurt, and we just have to let the other person know. Do you know what you did to me? So many times we have issues and we have rights and we have a chip on the shoulder, and that's not God. That's fallen man. That's self consciousness. That's self preservation. All of that came in after man ate of the fruit. But 1 John 3 8, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So you and I can live in a place as if man had never eaten the fruit. And we can live like Jesus that cause Jesus said it if it wasn't true, he would not say that you can do these works. But he said, Follow me. He didn't say pray to me and sing songs to me. He didn't say go to church on Sunday and be all humble and he didn't say he said follow me. And it's great. Because we follow him, we come to church and we sing and we do all of these things but we follow Him. In other words, do the things He did. Look at His life. How did He react? Have you been hurt lately? Has someone done something to you and you just in your heart was, man, that's not. you should not have done that. And we should get to the point like stealing the rose off of the cemetery where someone can steal something or put something on you or laugh at you or disrespect us, whatever the case may be. And act like Jesus. You see, he retaliated because we battle not against flesh and blood, but against evil powers, powers of the princes of the air and darkness. So when Jesus saw all of this, he knows that we battle not against flesh and blood. So when you do something to me, I realize it's not flesh and blood. It's the enemy trying to take my peace away. I'm not going to allow that. So Jesus retaliated. How? One of the reasons I think all of these people went to Jesus was because now he's angry. He's done so many miracles and now they just took John the Baptist's head. This is the time he's going to stand up and we, the Jewish nation, can stand up and we're here to help you. You want to fight, we're here for you. And Jesus was, no, that's not why I'm here. That's just my two cents. But Jesus said, okay, no matter how I'm hurting, no matter how bad things are, I lay down my life for you. And when I said to Tiffany, what do you mean? This whole afternoon I've been working for you. And God just revealed, because the word says, do all things, Colossians 3.23, do all things as unto the Lord. Not for your fellow man. You see, husbands, it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. It doesn't say there when she treats you right. It doesn't say when she is good to you. It says, husbands, love your wives. And so many times we're looking for people to, 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 to just make us feel good because we don't have the full revelation of His love for me. And you see when you come and you do something to me and you're nasty to me and all the devil wants is for me to get offended. And this is a whole teaching in itself. Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the word. Go and read what happens when we become offended. The enemy comes and he steals the word out of us. So that's all that's happening. The enemy wants to steal the word. It's your and my choice to allow it or not. So Jesus refused to get offended. He said, yes, I'm hurting. Yes, it's not good. Yes, you're not doing me right. But it's okay. It's not about me. It's about the Father. I'm laying down my life. Bring your sickness and disease. Let's get it healed. Let's get it done. And he retaliated against the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness wanted him to rise up and fight back, man. Come on. And he says, no, that's not what this kingdom's about. I'm coming against your kingdom through the works of light. Do not repay evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. So when somebody does do you wrong, in our heart they should just be, I'm going to overcome that with good. And so many times, especially husbands and wives, men, you know that your spouse loves you. You know that they are good to you. And the enemy will come and you will try because a house divided against itself cannot stand and he's always trying to bring division, always, no matter division between you and God, division between people in the church, division between different churches, because that's his power, division. Because when we stand together as one, nothing shall be impossible. Those guys building the tower. He wants division. So if someone does do something to you and it's not right, we should react like Jesus did, because then when we pray, we will get the results Jesus did when he prayed. Does that make sense? It's not a, I'm not, I'm, I'm using myself as an example because this is picture perfect me. It was just pride. And for, for different people, it could be different reasons. Time's up. But, you know, for me, it, it was just pride. That's all it is. And without knowing it, there was pride in my heart, but that circumstance revealed it that situation showed and pointed to the pride in my heart when God so lovingly spoke and said, you acted wrong. You acted out of a way that she should have done this for you because you are you. Instead of just doing it for her because you love her, but you do it as unto me. And that's what we should be doing. Because if we do it like that, and then I don't get the kind of response I was expecting, It's okay because he's so happy with me that I did it this way and that's all I need. Let us get to that point where, okay, whatever I do, it's for you, Jesus. And I can close my eyes and I can go to Hebrews 4.16 to the throne room boldly. And I can see him sitting there saying, well done. You acted in light. You acted like me. And then the next time when I pray, now I have faith and I am so certain that that stuff is not in my heart anymore. So now when I pray, I believe it's going to happen. And now I see the results and it happens more and more and more. So that's why I said let's check our hearts humbly and use my terrible old heart as as an example. And if there's something in you, kick it off. Because that's not you. you washed in the blood. That's not who you are. That's the enemy trying to put his muck on you. And he has no rightful place in us. Okay. Let's close in prayer. Holy Spirit, thank you that you reveal to us things. You are the teacher of the church and you are so gentle, you are so kind. Thank you that you grow us Thank you, Jesus, that you came as an example of what we should look like, how we should live. We have the perfect picture of you in every circumstance. Thank you that even as we sang today, we open our hearts to you. To put in there anything that you want to put in and remove anything that is not of you. Because we want to pray. And we want to see the works that Jesus did and greater works because it brings you glory. That's what it's about. It's about you. So we thank you, Lord, that you help us to die to self. Thank you that we can live like Jesus did, without offense, without anger, without malice, without wrath, without jealousy, without pride. And we can live in love because love never fails And love will cover a multitude of sin. So thank you that we are a changed people. We are the righteousness of God. We walk by your faith, no different faith. So therefore it is possible to walk this way. Thank you that you're leading and guiding us in this path. Thank you that you are changing our hearts to look like the heart of Jesus we bless you. We thank you for doing this and we open our hearts to you. And we look forward to the change. Everything we ask, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have a prayer and ministry team. If you need prayer for anything,